Go for it, Bucky. All right, Brazilian blueberry. Yeah, baby. This is good. Don't. You want a little sippy? Like a little. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry. I still have kids that are young enough that a sippy is a a a cup. cup. (laughs) Imagine you like pouring in a little sippy cup for me. A little sippy cup for you. (laughs) Gosh. That's how it's going to be today. Welcome to the intro. I'm Josh Anderson. I'm Bob Galen. What are we talking about today, Josh? How do you... Uh, Josh, make a decision, for God's sakes. I, I, Bob, I don't know. Why are you pressuring me? I'm, I'm trying to come up with the right words. I'm not even listening to you. Just, just It's my way or the highway. <laughs> I, throughout the episode, was trying to think about what the title is going to be, and it centers around listening and decision-making and how to facilitate that as a group and how to be a good member of a team... Driving and make good, towards a big, high-profile decision. And making them, and making good decisions, yeah. right? Making inclusive decisions. And aligning decisions. everybody yep. so that you can decide and commit. Right? Maybe so, you disagree, but you got to decide and commit. we got to go. we got to make this happen So if together. you're a team member, team lead, architect, uh, team member, technical. Founder, executive, This is leader, for you, you coach, leader. This is – don't be put off. This is for everyone. Uh, so there's multiple threads to this episode, but it's all around collaborative decision-making and doing it effectively, which is really a challenge in the real world. Absolutely. So, on to the episode. On to the episode. Wow, we did it. Welcome to the Metacast. I'm Josh Anderson. I'm Bob Galen. Brazilian blueberry Bob Galen. Yeah, the bee, the killer bees. Bee. <laughs> <laughs> Thought you were going to go into bad to the bone there. Bad to the bone. Yeah. Yep. Speaking of bad to the bone. Ooh, that, what a freaking, yeah, baby. <laughs> Way to turn that sucker in. Yes. Speaking of bad to the bone, today's episode is. The bad to the bone episode. Yeah. Yeah. Sure. Okay. I'm not sure how I'm going to transition there, but okay. Uh, the topic, as we lightly discussed before we started getting into debate and then we decided we should start recording, yep. was helping team members that have trouble with dialogue and engaging in constructive conversation that will land everybody on the best answer instead of their answer. I see the struggle a lot with senior engineers, often the most talented or experienced or seasoned engineers on teams that have typically had all of the answers. And when I come in and lead a transformation I'm trying to help them transform into leaders where they can stop being the bottleneck and always having all the answers and start to distribute that knowledge so it can scale. The biggest issue that I've seen over and over again is a willingness to have a discussion, but an unwillingness to actually hear different opposing views on the topic. So let's say you're going in, it's a greenfield project, and you're deciding what language to use. There will undoubtedly be a senior engineer or something, a leader of some sort that is going to say, we should do Node.js. 
And maybe you think that's the right thing. Maybe you don't. But you start saying, well, actually, maybe we should look at Python or .NET or insert whatever you want. Go, right. Rust, Ruby, right. name it. doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. It's, it's not the thing they think they should do. Unfortunately, many organizations do a poor job of providing the tools for that very important dialogue and discussion to happen. So it becomes dominated by one person. They don't listen, and you end up with Node without really evaluating the other options that are out there. That's all I'm trying to do is, okay, let's take a couple hours and let's really investigate what our options are, have an honest, open discussion about what we should do. And maybe the right answer is node. Maybe it is, but let's actually take some time and dig into it. And often what happens is that senior person's like, well, I've already done that and I know our business and we should just go with node because that's the easiest, fastest thing. And we need to get going. So those are the common scenarios that I see. And to me, the reason why this this episode is important is I routinely see organizations doing a poor job of providing these leaders in their organization with the tools to not only have the discussion, but they should be driving the discussion. That should be a norm of what they do, right. of helping facilitate, get the best ideas on the table, let's sort it out together. And then go with the decision that we've made together as opposed to I'm the lead engineer, I'm the architect, I'm the manager, I'm the director. We're going with Node because I know it's the best. And don't even waste my time trying to bring it to me. I mean, I just absolutely think you're wrong. Um, <clears throat> and I don't want to entertain this metacast. I think I'm going to just cancel it in. Okay. I mean, I sort of didn't listen to what you were saying. That's and I have a new. different opinion. Um, I, I, I don't, I don't agree. Okay. So that's just agree to disagree. And well, why luckily, we, why I don't we take, see, why don't we just, take, I can mute Bob. You right. can mute Bob. <laughs> I was just role playing that. Right. And it's, it really is. I mean, Metacasters, how stupid is that? I mean, if you, if you role play it that way, I, I'm going to add on. So I'm going to plus one to what you said, Josh, and more so say, I don't think it's, I don't think it's just a senior it, you know, so engineers, I've seen it, I've seen it everywhere, but I, I just was with a client and we were trying to decide on product alignment, like product lines and product alignment. And, um, you know, there were two ways to look at a core part of their product line. So this was a central part of their product line. And two of the product folks had, uh, two views. Mm-hmm. Right, uh, and they were diametrically opposed. Um, and one who had more power had one view, mm -hmm. and then there seemed to be group alignment around the other view. But the power sort of, I think, co-opted the view. Mm -hmm. Right, the organizational power. And I'm trying to be careful because I respect, I like the client a lot. Yeah. But I've just, I've recently saw, I saw this at an organizational level, right, or a product organizational level. And we didn't go into and what we should have done. Um, a, a little bit. We went into a little bit, but we didn't. We didn't analyze. So what didn't we do? We didn't listen well. Mm -hmm. So each side didn't listen to the other very well, uh, and that was pretty obvious. Uh, there was a lack of open mindedness, I think. To so part, going with listening is listening with an open mind, mm -hmm. right? Not that you have to adopt it, but really listen to understand the nuance of what the other side is saying, mm -hmm. the option. Mm -hmm. uh, and then the big mistake we made, and this is like shame on me, 
probably. I, I could have stepped out of my, I was in a coaching role, but I could have stepped out, is facilitating uh, decision-making, mm-hmm. meaning like a true analysis, like pro-con analysis. Right. Do you, yep. know, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And really getting people, because one of the things, and I think this is a phenomenon that happens where in history, we bring our history. It's like we have this position that it's self-evident mm-hmm. to me. Uh, I don't have to uh, present it. I don't have to explain my thinking. I raise my voice. I wave my hands. I express my frustration. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I express my history. Like it's self-evident. I either have done it here or I've done it before. And But we don't. We don't explain very well. So we don't, the sort of the rationale isn't right. clear. There's just a lot of, the way I liken it is there's a lot of hand-waving but no data. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so you can't, like if you brought in a third party, they couldn't rationally make a decision because there's right. nothing on the yeah. table. Do you, yeah. know, you know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. That's the, so here's what I envision. I envision people listening to the episode and saying, oh crap, that's me. That's, that's okay. You're in the right spot. One of the things, again, that I want to emphasize is that the goal of this episode is to provide you with some tools, some hints and tips that coming out of this, you can start working on it. You can start getting better because unfortunately, so many organizations, because of how they're operated in that top-down manner, that's the example that's set by leaders of this is how decisions are made. I know best. I've been here the longest. I know what we should do. Here's what we're going and we're not even going to debate it or discuss it. So that so that's what I'm trying to combat. I'm I'm trying to combat with this episode to help those folks out there because these are when I see it in the engineers, they're really 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 good. Yeah. And what I'm trying to do is I'm trying to unlock that next level for them that's going to take them to wherever they want to go because now they can go and they can scale their experience. And have that expand out across the organization and power growth more capably than just one human being can do. So that's the ultimate goal. And I've worked with some amazing people that have gone through this transition. And there's one guy, Stu, who I love to death, that for six months hated me because I was really pushing him on this. And in the end, he came out on the other side. Right. And he went. And he's a CTO somewhere and just crushing it. Right, he's yeah. doing amazing stuff. Yeah, it gets in our it gets in our way. I'm also a minor point. This isn't like a generational thing. I've seen this, um, like I've seen this for thirty years yeah. or more. Right, so it's not millennials. It's not certain company. This is this is sort of a systemic mm-hmm. problem that I think engineers get into. Technical folks, it, it's probably everywhere, but yeah. I've seen it in technical organizations for right. 30 to 40 years mm-hmm. that people, for, for good people, get yeah. stuck. Mm-hmm. Uh, I want to I kick us back to the beginning. Yeah. And I want to see what you, I think, I think one of the, I think the root cause of this, the thing at the, the rub is a lack of clear criteria, goal setting, and understanding why. And I want to throw that out there to you. So before, it's not clear. People think they know what it is. Mm-hmm. So I think I think that what you know where this starts, the rub of where this starts, is we haven't sat down and established clear goals and clear criteria of what problem we're. For example, what problem we're trying. So in a technical sense, what problem are we trying to solve? Mm-hmm. Uh, with my client example there, uh, what customer? who the customer is 
and how we're trying to serve them mm-hmm. and what are the key value streams. So there's different whys and there's different, but the core criteria react to that. Do you think I'm off the rails? No, I agree completely, which is what I was hoping I wouldn't do. But to me, that's one of those systemic things where so many companies are not good enough at providing clarity on why. That's what I think it why, is, right? Why do we exist as a company? Right. What do, what, what value do we provide to our customers? Why do I, as an engineering organization, why do I exist? What's my responsibility? One of the things that I find myself doing often is asking engineering teams, what their job is like, well, we write code. Like, no, your job is not to write code or not to build software. Your job is to ship value to customers. Like that's, that's what you need to do. Provide specific solutions to customer problems, right. right, That have value. Um, Now I think a side effect of this, if you agree, this is a root cause. I think it's actually harder. It may be harder to define mm-hmm. the why than it is to define the architecture or whatever, yeah. the design. You oh, know? yeah, without a doubt. Right? Yeah. So so we skip over it. Well, but think about the information that's provided out there. You can go on 50 million websites and get a strong opinion on the architecture you exactly. should use to build a blah, blah, blah. Exactly. Whatever it is, there's exactly. a million opinions out there that are backed up with data, but your unique why for your company, for your organization, for your department – you can't go to Google and find that. You have to create it. Yeah. And it's risky, right? Mm-hmm. It's risky because it's your why and you right. can screw it up, mm-hmm. right? You can get it wrong. And so it's scary, right? Like, what if I get it wrong? Right. Uh, because the design patterns and things like that are relatively robust, right? Mm-hmm. And they're proven and there's exactly. all this data. This is, you know, exactly. Google used this to scale from zero to a tri- exactly. quadrillion users exactly. in 45 seconds. Exactly. And, you know, that's exactly. Um, but so I think the answer to the, I mean, it's not the answer, but the, if there's a process is don't skip it, establish like what problem, I'm going to put it that way. Mm-hmm. What problem? So in, you brought it up technical teams. Mm-hmm. What problem are we trying to solve? Yeah. Right. Very clearly, what is the problem? Right. And, and, and this is something that I've struggled with. Richard Core was an agile coach at Dude Solutions, and he would routinely call me out and say, Josh, what problem are you trying to solve? Because I was architecting the future and deciding how we were going to handle when we go to 15 teams instead of seven teams and what kind of space are we going to need and how, how are we going to use Jira and what's our branching strategy going to be? And he would just slap me in the face verbally and say, what problem are you solving? Do we have that problem right now? And be like, oh, daggone it, Richard, you're right. Again, thank you for being right. But uh, people get excited and they try and solve problems they don't have. And it's it's all well-intentioned, but it also distracts you from the problem at hand because the problem at hand is always more difficult than you originally think. You know, I just had this epiphany. So I just, I just got slapped in the face. Mm -hmm. You'll, I know you'll appreciate this. Um, so here I am, this really experienced, you know, probably I've been practicing Agile since the, you know, mid to late 90s. So what? 1890s? Oh, oh, that hurt. <laughs> that hurt. I was just trying to provide clarity to our listeners. Yeah, yeah, yeah I'll be, I have your clarity right here. So <laughs> you could do me. But uh, so I have, I have loads. I don't, I'm not full of myself, but I have loads of experience. But I just had this epiphany that, I go in, I don't clearly, so I react to what I'm sensing. Mm -hmm. I call it my spider sense sometimes as a coach. And it's really accurate and it's really good. But there are times 
where I'm doing something and I haven't clarified what problem am I trying mm-hmm. to solve. And there are a lot of times I do that. I won't, Metacasters, yeah. I won't, I won't totally confess as to how many per minute, per day, per week, per client. Right. But there are a lot. And I'm just thinking to myself, damn it, Galen, you, you need to be more, you need to sort of reset, even if it's a quiet moment in yeah. my head, even if it's a quiet moment in my head and take before I react to anything, right. any, any sort of, you know, a vision on the ground or what I perceive mm-hmm. it is to take a step back and say, what problem am I trying to solve? Right. And not just for me, but then to be able to articulate that mm-hmm. right out. So I, I just had this epiphany that it's, it's everywhere. I think, mm-hmm. don't you think so? Yeah. yeah. And, and as I'm listening to us discuss this, I can imagine listeners saying, well, but Bob and Josh, you've talked about the whole spectrum of shuhari, and there's times where you need to be really prescriptive. And how do you balance that with with listening and understanding and making sure people understand the why as opposed to just coming in and saying, hey, we're doing this. Don't ask questions. We'll sort that out later. Right. Right. So that's where we end up. You have to understand each situation and know when to use each of those pieces because – but I still the think key, in this case, the, right, the key was stop, look, and listen. Don't do ready, fire, aim, yep. right? Because that's the yep. that's the problem you get yep. yourself into. Yep. Really take time to inspect and to aim appropriately before you dive in. And it's just a quick pause. It's a quick pause, and and if you don't have it, if you can't answer it, then then take more time to answer it. Right? Yeah. Really do the problem analysis side. And to me, one of those things, one of those level sets is with your team, with your group, say, okay, here's the why. Here's where we're going. Here's why. Right. right? And it, and and that why should provide the clarity to everybody to where they align and start rolling. Right. Then, then I would say next step is then to articulate, given that, if there are multiple perspectives, mm-hmm. have people articulate that, write them down. Mm-hmm. So, so it's not words. It's, uh, you know, like establish the criteria and it would have to be both sides. Let's use pro con, Mm -hmm. right? Strengths, weaknesses. So if we have a design decision or something like that in the, from a technical point of view, now that we have the, what problem are we trying to solve? Then have, and you could, it doesn't have, I'm not talking about opposing groups. You could have everyone in a group articulate Mm -hmm. a position so quickly. Mm -hmm. Uh, So, you know, and whatever the technology is, and then then compare them. So have everyone articulate the why behind it. What Mm -hmm. are they trying to do? They have to have cons. So they have to be thoughtful about why to do it and what are the, you know, what, what are potential. Yeah, because there's no solution that's only pros. Correct. So don't let So given the problem we're trying to solve. And it may be it takes too long or something like that. We may want to take that extra time, but given this problem, this is this is probably the longest. So it's the pure the purest of technologies, but it might take twice as long, mm-hmm. right? Just because of learning or something mm-hmm. like that. So and, but but really understanding your role in the organization to ship value to customers as soon as possible. Right. Taking longer is a con. Yeah. Engineers struggle with that because they feel like, oh, we're getting right. dates or driving things. But no, it's a reality it's of a your job. Reality. Your job is is about shipping things as well built as possible, as quickly as possible. Right. Not about building the most – people don't buy the most well-architected solution. They don't look under the covers and say, let me see your object model. Right. Do you have some nice UML diagrams? No. 
Because if so, I'm buying this thing. Exactly. No, it doesn't work. I mean, it's value, yeah. right? And technology matters. We're not saying it doesn't. So I'd say the next step is to have either the camps or groups or whatever uh, clearly articulate. Does it? And this isn't exhaustive. This mm-hmm. could be one page on a wiki for both sides, but it has to be benefit and and cost. Mm-hmm. So pro and con. Uh, and articulate that very clearly. Clear English terms, no hand waving, mm-hmm. right? Clear, so not technical gobbit and goop, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and then analyze it as a team, as right. a group, mm-hmm. go through them. I'd say I'm actually thinking of a facilitation model. Mm-hmm. The facilitation model would then be uh, we're not going to nitpick. So, so step one of sharing would be shut up and listen. So, you, so there is no defending yet. So, right. so yeah, articulate your models, then there's cross-model sharing in the group without debate, mm-hmm. without defense, clarifying questions only, mm-hmm. clear clarifying questions only. So, and everyone has a job. So if you're explaining a technical approach, everyone in the room, my job is to shut up and li- really listen mm-hmm. to what you're saying. And I can ask clarifying questions so that I know. And they're not trick clarifying questions. Right. They're not nitpicky. They're not judgmental. They're really clarifying questions. And then stop. And 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 that will be difficult. Here's why that will be difficult. We go back to the original example. I'm that engineer. I've been there the longest. I believe in my heart of hearts that Node is the right answer. Bob suggests we use Go. I, I've got to turn off in my brain my very strong belief that Node is the right answer. At least for that period of time. Right, for that five minutes that Bob's presenting. And get your radar right. up and just listen. It's just like you went to a conference. You don't throw crap oranges at it. And maybe this is how we facil- how we explain it to mm-hmm. people. You don't throw oranges at people who are explaining new technologies at a conference. Because mm-hmm. they're not risking you. They're not in the right. game. You listen intently. Right. Even if you've never done it before and it sounds really odd, mm-hmm. you're at least learning. Mm-hmm. Right? Hopefully. People go open-minded. It's that same, the mind of a child. Right? Mm-hmm. You're listening to learn, not to debate. Uh, so I think that's the facilitation. And that's going to be the hardest part for people is learning how to do that. And it's going to take time and it takes energy and it takes focus because you're going to say something about go. And I just read a blog post about that that says go can't do X, Y, and Z. So I'm like, that's going to jump to the front of my brain. Like, Oh, this guy doesn't know what he's talking about. Right. But you've got to turn that off. I just did this with the same client and I didn't do it so strongly, but, but we did it is uh, we went through an analysis phase and i was only allowing uh uh questions clarifying questions mm-hmm. and it was funny watching them that they started getting that that notation themselves and they started saying you know this is a clarify so they would be i have a clarifying question to ask right and they actually did a great job so they were making they they made the distinction between debate and seeking so what i mean by cl- seeking to understand mm-hmm. right Re- and to me that's an indicator of your willing open mindedness and you're listening right mm-hmm. you're not listening to debate you're not listening to shut them out you're really listening to understand mm-hmm. and they did a great job of then we debated but there was this interim step of model that's define it mm-hmm. then that's that's present them the originators mm-hmm. and listen and then there was debate. So that's the next step to me. With Then we open it up to debate, right? Right. And, and that's where I see people struggle the most. What I've done over time to try and 
again, provide tools and frameworks to people to become more effective at, at this is crucial conversations. I, I, I hand that book to a lot of people because that's a high stakes conversation with a lot of emotion, a lot of personal investment, a lot of those things that, that debate is often where things fall apart because people stop listening and they start selling. So that's the, that's the side effect that people get into is they get into the salesmanship mode and think about a car salesman. They don't, oftentimes the frustration comes as a buyer is when you can tell that salesperson is not listening to you. They're just continually selling you on the same thing. Well, if I say it slightly different, maybe they'll, they'll buy it this time as opposed to investing the time to sit down and understand what kind of family do you have? How often do you do that? Right. How long is your commute? Right. You know, right. what's, how big is your garage? How much money do you have? All those right. things, right? right? Okay, well, here's the right answer for you. That's where I see a lot of people struggle is having that good, healthy debate and that dialogue that has to happen to move us towards the best possible solution. And the other piece is so often the best solution is slightly better than others. Right. It's not drastically clear. Right. That this option's way right. better than this option. Right. Right. I, I think the debate is also not debate. So I th- I'm trying to draw this like, and, and I don't have this prepared for this metacast, mm-hmm. but I I, th- I do this a lot over years, and I I think there's a facilitation flow, a decision making flow, mm-hmm. right? And it can be applied to technology decisions or any any decision. So I think what we've had so far is docu- no hand-waving, document your case, then present your case uh, to people um, uh, with, with and clarifying questions. So it's just everyone seeking to understand and listening. Mm-hmm. Then there's some debate. Uh, but debate isn't to make a decision. Mm-hmm. Debate is to sort of thoroughly uh, contrast pros and cons, and it's time-boxed. It's not yeah. exhaustive debate. And I think a lot of folks want to select. I'd actually like to pull apart the uh, the voting or the selection process. So then debate ends. And then we have to select. We have I, to vote. I I would prefer to insert a mental break between the vote. I would agree. I would like, ideally, I'd like to push it off to the next day. So think time is really, mm-hmm. uh, I like I like the way you're going. So to me, I always call it like, intro, I'm an introvert. And I've always felt like introverts, at least from my point of view, I need think time to mm-hmm. make big decisions yeah. as a leader. Now, I can make decisions. You can push me into giving data or giving an answer, uh, and I'm pretty comfortable with that because I have a lot of experience. Mm-hmm. But my preferred state is to sleep on something. Yeah, exactly. Because it it's just the way I'm wired. Right, right? because everybody processes that. So we we as a group just took all this information and dumped it in in everybody's brains. The likelihood that they've had the capability to fully think through all of the scenarios in those in that two hours and nail it is very low. You might think best at night driving home. Somebody else might think best at night while watching late night television. Somebody might be they get up and they run, and that's how they process things. My best thinking happens in the bathroom, so <laughs> that was just a joke. Well, it probably does, but yeah, yeah. And the other thing is, do you ever have those aha moments? Mm-hmm. Like you're in a, you're in taking a shower, or you're, yeah. you, you know, you're you're at a game, but 
it's sort of you're th- you're not thinking. Mm-hmm. You're you're sort of your subconscious is thinking about right. it, and then something emerges that you would have not thought about, and it's like aha, right? That's different. So to me, that overnight period, it's for thinking. But it's also allowing, like your your subconscious, to have things emerge. That right you've... to have to me, it's like there's a background process that That's gets started sort of, in your brain, and yeah. it's it's just going. You and engineers know, it, know yeah. this, right? Yeah. And you know this. Yeah. You've had that happen to you, right. You know, many, many, many yeah. times. But you you need to leave some time for that. You need right. to leave, and you need chill time. So this that doesn't happen when you're you're not just sitting at your desk saying you know thinking, thinking, thinking. Right? Mm-hmm. It's the non-thinking. I'm right. thinking about something else. And then I, my brain sort of is back there, you know, sort of calculating, and right. then I get something else. Oh, you didn't think about this. This changes, and you're like, oh man, yeah, you're right. That changes the entire mm-hmm. sort of game there. So you want that to happen, right? And then what I mean by voting or selection, you could do it if if everyone, if someone's like a really strong personality, you could do it anonymously. This is where a lot of the agile stuff comes into play where you could have the options on a whiteboard. You could mm-hmm. do dot voting. Right. You could do anonymous dot voting. You could have one person go into the room at a time right. so no one's skewed. Like some of the dot voting techniques are actually sort of skewed based on groupthink. Mm-hmm. So however you want to do it. But I'm saying tease that apart and allow people, you know, so dot voting, you could have a matrix there. Uh, there's a couple of tools I wanted to, I don't know if you've used them. I have SWAT. Mm-hmm. So SWOT analysis is a useful tool. You could actually capture all of these options in a SWOT analysis frame. That's S-W-O-T. For yeah, those that strengths, weaknesses, opportunities, and threats. It's mm-hmm. a four-quadrant. There's something called force field analysis where uh, you set up, like, it's forces for, you list the forces for something mm-hmm. and the forces against it, and then that drives you. And then the strategy is to leverage the forces for mm-hmm. to overcome the forces against. And it could be technical. You, you with me? Yeah. And and that's that's a way. But again, it's a list. It's sort of a model. Yeah. They're 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 all a spin on pros and cons. Yeah. And some, but that's ultimately where Bob started. Yeah. Twenty minutes ago, that's that's where you need to get. And and there's different ways to spice it up and categorize and do all but, these things. But have the group yeah. pick right. And, and, and sort of go through, to me, this is the analysis part of this. Sometimes the hand waving, we've gotten a rid, we've gotten away from software engineering Mm -hmm. and engineers. They don't, I mean, engineers hand wave, but then they go to what criteria Mm -hmm. Uh, they go to options. They, uh, and then they design experiments. If you're going to build a bridge. Yeah. You usually have some research and data to prove that what you're going to build makes some sense. So, Think like an engineer. That's what I'm. I'm saying. The other thing here, I'm at the other end of mm-hmm. this. Now we've selected something. Uh, don't be afraid to select two. And I want to get your and take have on a this. Off? Well, I, I put down two words. I I take notes sometimes in the Metacast because I'm inspi- you inspired me, Josh. I do what I can. And I put prototype down, and I put experimentation mm-hmm. down. And so drive a prototype out yeah, of or two absolutely. prototypes. Yeah. So take again. We're trying to make a good decision mm-hmm. and a quick prototype yeah. or a quick experiment, and and we're further taking it away from the hand waving or the trust me. Mm-hmm. I mean, I trust you, yeah, but let's take it to an experiment to really see it. Right, and that goes back to very seldom is there going to be a clear winner. So what we've done in the past is okay, let's have a bake off. We like these top two answers. And you could argue for both and have a very good argument for both. Let's take a sprint 
and have a group of people build it with this technology group of people build it with this. And then we should know more. We should have that additional set of information that enables us to make the best decision for us. I mean, the thing I'll take it back to my client example where they were doing product stuff, Mm -hmm. but we didn't really engage the stakeholders and the customers. Right. So that's one mistake we were making. Again, I'm not, they're interpreting it and they work there a long time. So they, they're intimate with their stakeholders, customers, but how cool would it be to take the same approach and mm-hmm. then put a prototype together of the models and then engage your customer in the experiment and mm-hmm. see what they think, mm-hmm. right? And explain the pros and cons to them because we may be interpreting it or we may get feedback. It's that same thing. Test the more. So in a technology case, test the technologies. In a customer, in a, in a product case, test test the assumptions with the customer, Yeah, right? Put together a mock-up or if it's even a product line thing, then that existing you're recomposing existing products and you're trying to make it more efficient mm-hmm. to operate them still engage your clients in that so i think i don't think this is just a technology metacast is what i'm t- I, I think this, no, this the, is very general i, I want yeah. the technology example yeah. to live in people's brains but this isn't just a figure out what infrastructure to to implement, right? Yeah, my 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 wrap up for this is talking to leaders and getting them to understand this is their responsibility to facilitate this approach in their org- their organizations. Um, when I was at Dude Solutions, uh, Brian Laura was the CTO, and he was very focused. And I've adopted this. I thought it was great at first. I kind of was a little bit bristled by it, but then it started to make sense of developing a group of commercially minded engineers to be commercially minded. You had to understand why you had to understand why our business exists. You have to understand the role you play in delivering value within that business. And then it's also very helpful to understand how the things we're building help the customers and how they help the company make money. So that way we together can make the right decisions on the, on the next most important thing to build. And the best way to build it. How are we going to build it so we maximize all of those things? Getting that in people's brains as opposed to just being code monkeys and I'm building what I was told to build. I don't really know why. I kind of disagree with it, but they said to build it, so I'm going to build it. No, I'm with you. I mean, that aligns perfectly with this episode. There's a book. I, I There's a facilitation. Let me just dig it out of my – hold on, Medicare. There's a second. We need video. I will, I will talk. What can I – Bob is getting up. He's walking over to his massive bookshelves. Um, he's moving Amazon boxes, and now he has a very large, heavy – looks to be a textbook. <laughs> it's not a massive library, but but I do have a fair number. There's a wonderful. I, I would highly recommend this. Complements uh, this metacast. Uh, it's not academic. Um, it's called the Facilitator's Guide to Participatory Decision Making. It's in the second edition. Uh, the primary author is Sam Kaner, K-A-N-E-R. I'll make sure we put a link. You can in the we'll put a link in it. You can get it on Amazon. And it has dot voting techniques. It has SWOT techniques, and it walks it through it. Uh, it has um, tabular uh, techniques for tabularizing pros and cons, and things like that. It's I. This is this has been out for twenty plus years. Uh, it's one of my go-to guides for tools and techniques. It's not. It's not going to tell you. So it's not going to tell you how to. It's not going to tell you the sort of the flow of what we talked about here, mm-hmm. but it gives you tools for some of these steps. 
like gaining consensus, explaining sort of pro-con analysis. Mm-hmm. Uh, it should be in every leader's, coach's sort of and anyone who's trying to drive decision making, mm-hmm. uh, and it's not techno- technology, but it lends itself really well to that. Right. So SWATs in there, force field is in there. Dot voting techniques, uh, even dot voting. There's talk nowadays that it, there's a there's one of the major problems with dot voting is skew, mm-hmm. right? People bias. See, yeah. There's a, there's a there's a lot of inherent yeah. bias, and how do you avoid? So there's variations on dot voting where you can avoid that inherent bias. Uh, which is a danger with having that strong-willed person there, or whatever, mm-hmm. or even if you have a you know the knowledge put up there or the decision making. Right. Like if I see, like, say I've worked with Bob and I really respect him, and I'm waffling between option A and option B, and I see Bob walk up there and put all his dots on option B, we're but, done. Well, okay, we're bi- I, I, and we're biased, I, yeah, yeah. right? We're biased and we're skewed, and we're not getting. And it's not about Bob versus the personalities. It's about making the best damn decision, mm-hmm. right? That's what I care about. And we're mm-hmm. not making a, a really sort of powerful group based decision. So I, I couldn't help but want to recommend it. Right. Cool. I, that's Can a we stick route. a fork in this yeah, sucker? Big old fork. You know, Metacasters at the beginning when Josh and I were brainstorming this topic. It was a good. I resonated with the topic, but I wasn't sure it, it was worthy of a metacast or it would fill the time box and stuff. But this really, Josh, uh, high five. This this was a. I think high this five, was a. Sir. This was a good one. I've never. That's your first high in almost ten years. That's your first, her first high five. <laughs> so from beautiful downtown Cary, North Carolina, we hope you enjoyed it. I'm Bob Galen, and I'm Josh Anderson. Shake and, and bake. Take care, y'all.